Hello and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Friday, May 26th, 2023. I'm Mike Cachopoli. All right, how's everyone doing? It's a big Friday, made it through a week. I think this was a fast week. It really was. It sped through, maybe because of so much news, right? So much news, so much happening, so much exciting stuff happening. And it looks like we're heading into a holiday weekend. Well, no, it doesn't look like it. We are definitely heading into a holiday weekend. It's Memorial Day weekend, so it's the unofficial start of the summer. This is when we can all just enjoy the warmer climate, the summer coming in, maybe some vacation time. I myself am heading to Florida. I'm heading to Florida next weekend. So that will be good. I'll be, it'll be good to get to the free state of Florida. And it'll be great to go to Florida right now, just after Ron DeSantis announces. Maybe I'll talk to some people over there, try to get some stuff on tape and put it into the show. So we'll see. But I think it's probably an interesting time right now in Florida. Although, of course, Governor DeSantis will not be in Florida much. In fact, I looked at his upcoming schedule, and it's basically like, it looks like Iowa, 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 New Hampshire, New Hampshire, New Hampshire, Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, Nevada. That's what it looks like. So, I mean, think about this. How much time can these candidates spend in maybe two or three different states? I mean, they're going to be in two or three states, the same states over and over and over. We're still only in May of 2023. These primaries in Iowa and New Hampshire, don't come up till February, February. So think about all of the time. I mean, the candidates are basically <clears throat> going to be living in Iowa and New Hampshire between now and February. It's insane. It's insane. It'll go from the hot summer months to the cold dead of winter, freezing snow before these primaries happen. So there's still, I want, that's, it's always good to put things into perspective, you know? It's gotten crazier and crazier. If, if you just go back three, two or three, two election cycles, presidential election cycles, no one would be saying that getting in the race in May of the year prior to the election was late. In fact, that would be considered pretty darn early. But things are changing. It's getting earlier and earlier, you know? It didn't help that uh, El Trumpo had to announce like in Thanksgiving, you know? So it's getting crazier because it's getting early and early. So this precedent is being set that like, you have to announce two years, two years before the election, which is absolutely asinine. It's asinine, okay? So there's still plenty of time. Like I said, it's good to put things into perspective. You could think about it like I did with seasons. You're in the race now, right? DeSantis just entered the race before the summer even starts. So he's got to go through the hot summer months campaigning. You know, you know, when they campaign in the hot summer months and they get like the, the, the sweat stain on their shirts, they're wearing, that's where they try to wear like dark blue or black. Because if you wear light blue, who would wear light blue all the time? Howard Dean. Howard Dean. 
wore light blue a lot. And you see those sweat stains, right? You see the sweaty armpits in the light blue. So they try not to wear light blue when they go out campaigning in the summer. But they're going to go through this long, hot summer of campaigning. Then the temperatures are going to turn cool. It'll be nice for the fall. Good time to campaign, October, November. And then it's going to get to December, January, and February. It's going to be freezing cold in Iowa and New Hampshire with snowstorms. And they're going to have to campaign through that. So think of all they're going to have to go through weather-wise before the first votes are cast. It's a very, very long time. Here, here's another way. This will be a good perspective show. Everything will be put into perspective. Here's another good way to put this into perspective. Think of the sports seasons, right? We still are just in the second month of the baseball season, right? So the candidates are going to have to go through basically an entire baseball season and postseason, right? And an entire football season. Football season doesn't start till September, right? By the time the first votes are cast, I believe it'll be just around the Super Bowl, right? If not, I think maybe just before or just after the Super Bowl. So think about that. Not only are we going through a full baseball season with postseason, World Series, but a full football season with Super Bowl, playoffs and Super Bowl. One more. I'll, I'll give you one more, all right? <laughs> I think you're getting the point. Hockey, we're almost at the end now. we got the Stanley Cup Finals basically about to start next week, okay? So you got to go through that. But then the new season starts in October, right? So by the time the first votes are cast, we will be – Basically, three quarters of the way through the next hockey season. Look, folks, there's a long way to go. There's a long way to go. And I like to put this stuff into perspective because you have crazy people on television saying, oh, it's late. Not much time. Not much time. No, there's plenty of time and there's plenty of campaigning and there's going to be plenty of events and rallies and a dozen debates. The first debate doesn't even start till August. So that this is a, a long way to go. There's a long way to go. And everything needs to be put into perspective. So I think we need to look at a little bit of this. You have a former president who feels he's entitled to this, right? That's that's basically one of his biggest arguments here. Think about how childish that is. Your arguments should be, I'm, I'm a much better candidate than this person, right? I have many more accomplishments than this person, and I'll be able to get much more done than my, my, my opponent. W, Bush used to say that, W, my opponent, my opponent. That, those are the kinds of things you should be talking about, but not, oh, this person should be loyal to me and not run because I liked them four years ago, because I endorsed them four years ago. I mean, what kind of nonsense is that? In politics, people are endorsing each other all the time. Does that mean they can't run for the same office? They're not allowed to run for the same office? This is the same argument that Trump, rightfully so, and his supporters, rightfully so, criticized Hillary for. Do you remember Hillary in 2015 saying, it's her time? All the I knew Democrats who would say, oh, it's her time. He shouldn't be running. He has no political experience. It's her time. And... She was rightfully criticized by Trump and his supporters for that because she acted as though she was the queen and entitled to the presidency. 
But that's exactly, once again, you talk about uh, clear hypocrisy. That's exactly the way Trump and his supporters are acting now, that he's entitled to this because he was president once before, because he endorsed Ron DeSantis in the, in the 2018, that because he was once president and he endorsed Ron five years ago, that DeSantis has no right to run against him. The only people who have a right to run against Trump are people who can't win, people who are very little, if any, threat to him. So once again, he's acting the way Hillary acted in 2015. I'm entitled. I'm the king. I'm entitled. No one should be running against me. This is, of course, wrong. It was wrong with Hillary, and it's wrong now with Trump. So this is a very childish thing to say, right? That he should wait. He could wait till 2028. And uh, he'll, he'll only be 48. And, uh, you know, I'll endorse him then. It's, it's ridiculous. It's asinine. It means you simply can't run on the issues. You can't run on your past experiences. You can't run on your past record. So you have to bring up all this other ridiculous stuff in order to say this person shouldn't be running against you. But that's the case. No one is entitled to be anything in life, but certainly no one is entitled to be president of the United States. There's no, there's no entitlement there to be president of the United States. You have to earn it, right? This is something that must be earned. And Donald Trump simply hasn't earned that yet. And if you look at what's happening, I think what Trump really wants to do in the primary is exactly, once again, and there's a lot of hypocrisy here, criticized. He criticized Biden for hiding in 2020, right? Not doing anything, doing those ridiculous basement videos, doing those ridiculous, like, you know, remember, like the drive-in rallies and crap. And he was criticized for that. And now he's doing the exact same thing. You have Ron DeSantis with this incredible schedule coming up, as I just mentioned. And you have Trump golfing. So how does that look? Where Trump is out golfing, doing golf tournaments, and you have Ron DeSantis who's out there campaigning. Now, this was the case even before this week and DeSantis got in. Trump has not been doing anything. I think he's done maybe a couple of rallies, three rallies. Remember, he, he started this five months ago. So, And this was very odd to me. That when he announced, which of course was incredibly early, um, he didn't really do anything after that. And after the holidays, January, February, he wasn't doing anything. So basically what this tells me is Trump once again felt like he was the Hillary of 2015 or the Biden of 2020. And he's entitled and he can just sleep through it. Right. But that's not the case. If you think that Hillary shouldn't be allowed to do that and Biden shouldn't be allowed to do that, then Trump himself shouldn't be allowed to do that. And that's what he was hoping for Trump. He was hoping that no one was really going to challenge him and he could just sleepwalk through the primary and then maybe start going once he was up against Biden, right? Start doing his rallies next year. But it's not going to work out that way. So Ron DeSantis is going to make Trump work for this. He can't just golf for the next 10 months. He's going to have to actually do what Ron DeSantis is doing. And I'm telling you right now, if Trump pulls a Hillary 
like she did in the general election in 2016 and doesn't go places because he thinks he's got it wrapped up, he'll lose just like Hillary lost. He will lose. He will lose. So he's not going to be able to do this. He's not going to be able to golf his way through the next 10 months into the primary season because there's one thing we know and we don't know that much, but there's one thing we do know is that in places like Iowa and New Hampshire and Nevada and South Carolina, they want you to show up. They want you to show up and show up and show up and show up and show up. You have to. It's just the way the game is played. Do I think it's ridiculous how many times these candidates go there? Absolutely. Especially when you look at how small these states are, how low the population is. Yet they go and they go and they go and they see a lot of the same people over and over again. But that's the game. That's the game. No one has tried to change it, right? No one's tried to change the way this plays out. So the game is the game. And these people, it's like um, Groundhog Day, right? If everyone shows up and it's a big event, these people have the expectation that you are going to do this when you're running for president. Yeah, you're going to go to Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, and South Carolina, and you're going to kiss ass. I'll be, I'll be nice. You're going to kiss babies and shake hands or kiss hands and shake babies, however you might want to say it. But they expect it. They expect it. And if you don't, even if they, even if you're top, you're their supposed top choice, if you don't show up, they'll drop you. Doesn't matter if your name's Hillary, doesn't matter if your name's Biden or Trump, they will drop you if you don't show up. They'll say, look at this other person doing all this work coming out here. And this is the way life works in general, not just in the crazy presidential primary, but life in general, you've got basically, you have to show up, right? You have to show up. And when you meet people, when people meet you, they're more likely to like you. Right? They're more likely to feel like they know you. They're more likely to vote for you if they've met you personally. Right. So if you have a person who's like, I, I can go either way, I can go either way, and they meet one of the two candidates, they're going to probably vote for the candidate they met. They might even vote for the candidate who they met the most times. This is the way this works. It's the way this works, right? It's that... Uh, that kind of like a grassroots kind of uh, campaigning where you can't take anything for granted and you have to go out there and you have to meet people and you have to meet them over and over and over again. And if you don't, they're not going to vote for you. So we're seeing early on, it's still early. I mean, I don't doubt, even though he's very old now, he's looking older. I saw a photo, uh, a video a couple of days ago of Trump golfing and he didn't look 77. He looked 90. So he's getting older. I mean, you get older, you generally lose a little bit of energy. So I don't know if he has the same energy he had when he first ran eight years ago. But he might. He might be able to get it together. And he seems to love rallies. They seem to get him going, right? They seem to energize him. So I'm not saying he doesn't have it in him. But the start for Donald Trump is slow. Don't let anybody fool you. Don't let anybody on the right who's a, a Trump cultist fool you into believing this is his greatest campaign ever. This is his worst campaign ever so far. The way he's attacked DeSantis from the left, 
using talking points of the DNC, of Biden and Newsom, saying crazy things like Cuomo was better during COVID, that Charlie Crist was a better governor. This is a moronic way of campaigning. It's terrible. And he's not doing anything. He's not getting out there. He's golfing. There was just something that happened. Was it Iowa? Where was a tornado? And he canceled his event. And they never rescheduled it. Not yet. So the start for Trump has been incredibly, incredibly bumpy. A lot bumpier than the 15 minutes of technical glitches on Twitter with DeSantis. It's been a very, very bumpy start. And I think Ron is going to run circles around him. And look, a lot of that can be with uh, hunger, right? Trump's already been president. He's gone through all this. He's done all this twice, right? Maybe the hunger's not there for a third time. Maybe going through this twice wears you out, especially when you're nearing 80. DeSantis hasn't done this before, hasn't run for president before, is only 44 years old. So he's just naturally going to have more energy. And it looks like he's really going to run circles around Trump. And that alone can be the difference, right? Like I said, people want you to show up. Show up. And if you don't show up, they ain't gonna vote for you. In those early primaries, if you think you're going to skate through, we've seen that before, right? Where was it, uh, Giuliani? He said, I'll just, I'll wait to Florida. Well, it didn't work. By the time it got to Florida, no one cared about Giuliani anymore. So the, the steam you gain in Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, and South Carolina is, is very big. It's very big. And that can often carry you through the rest. We saw this in, in 2020 with uh, Sanders and Biden, right? That Bernie won, uh, what, Iowa and New Hampshire and Nevada, won Nevada very big. And he was 3-0, and and Biden hadn't done well in those first three states. And Biden understood that if he didn't do incredibly well, meaning win, and in probably a big fashion, South Carolina, Bernie was going to, there'd be no stopping him after South Carolina. The momentum would have been too strong. So South Carolina was his last chance. Now, remember this. South Carolina was Biden, the former vice president in politics for 45 years. It was only the fourth state that voted. And yet that was his last chance. Okay, with 46 states to vote after that, Biden would have had basically zero chance if Bernie had also won South Carolina. So that's what Biden knew. He had to win South Carolina big and through, you know, the usual Democratic Party rigging of things, he did win South Carolina big and everything changed after that. So but that shows you how quickly this can change or how early in the process you can win or lose this thing that South Carolina is just the fourth state that votes. And yet even with 46 states voting after that, it might not matter if you haven't uh, propelled yourself at that point. So that's why these candidates know this, and that's why DeSantis is hitting Iowa big and Nevada big and New Hampshire and South Carolina, because he's going to try to sweep the four. He's going to try to sweep those four, or at least win three of the first four. And if he does that, the other states will follow which is why we don't take national polling seriously, especially 
this early in the process. Because how things stand nationally doesn't matter in a primary system that's not a national election. That's a state-by-state election. We can look at the same thing when it comes to the general election. We look at national polls, and you don't take them as seriously as state polls because it's a state-by-state electoral college system, not a national popular vote system. In that case, the national vote would be more important. So this national vote with the primary that shows Trump 20, 30 points up is meaningless. It's The national polls this early are meaningless. It doesn't matter. That means Trump can be up by 30 points in 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 New York, right? Or he could be up in the primary by 20 points in California. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The first four states, Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, South Carolina, those are the ones that are going to matter the most. And all these other states will follow, right? So those big leads in in states like, let's say, California or New York will go away once those voters see that you've lost all these previous contests. You know, it's called momentum. That's what happens. People like to vote for the leader. They do. They like to vote for the person who's getting the most positive press because they've won everything. And so they just change their vote. They go, okay, I guess this is the person to vote for because all the states that voted before me voted for this person. So you get that momentum and then things change. And then states you might have been ahead in fall by the wayside. We see this over and over again. And look, Look, I'm no genius. Sometimes I like to play a genius on television, but I'm not a genius. And I know this, which means that the candidates know this, which means that the people who get paid millions of dollars to run their campaigns know this, which means the people on television know this, but they pretend to not know this. What's it called? Willful amnesia. These people have willful amnesia because it, it, they, they can perpetuate a certain narrative with that amnesia by pretending they don't know what they know. So when you're watching something on TV and you're seeing a national poll, and they go, oh, look at this. Trump is to head by 30. Why is DeSantis even trying? They know what they're saying is utter bullshit. They know it. As the words are coming out of their mouth, they know it's bullshit. But they say it anyway because it's willful amnesia, as though they've never been through or covered a presidential primary before. Right. (laughs) They know this. Every once in a while, you'll get one person on there who says, but it's early. And everyone looks at them with that evil eye. Don't say that. Don't say it's early. Or they'll say something like, well, at this point in this election, this person who you've never heard of was ahead. Don't say that. Don't don't bring up. Don't bring this stuff up. Don't tell the public the truth. So they have this willful amnesia so they can perpetuate a false narrative, which is Trump is winning. No one else can win. Let's end it now because they want Trump to win. So you have to take everything with that grain of salt, knowing that this is willful amnesia. And the polls now this far out, even the state ones mean nothing because no campaigning has started yet. No campaigning has started yet. Right. And so what you'll see in the upcoming months is the state polling will start to the gap will start to close. Things will get very tight. Right. Then you'll see the national polling because that will follow. Things will get tighter and tighter and tighter. And then the the media will come up with excuses, right? When they knew all along that this is the way these things go. This is the way things go. But they want, right now, they want to try to box out a Ron DeSantis or anyone who can can, uh, dare challenge King Trump 
So they want to try to box them out. They want to try to get it into the people's minds that there's no reason. This person has no chance. Forget it. You know, like the, a team that doesn't have it. Don't even play the games. Don't don't bother playing the games because you're not going to win. And I think what you'll see Ron DeSantis doing is just ignoring all of it and doing his thing, which is putting together a schedule through June, which is mind boggling of all the trips he's going to be taking to those first four states. You know, so uh, as the process goes through, you'll see things changing. You'll see things changing. But once again, if Trump thinks he's going to just be able to play golf for the next 10 months, maybe do a video making fun of Ron DeSantis's last name for it's not going to work. He's going to have to get out there and do retail politics. And you know what? He has it in him, but I don't think he's going to do it. I don't think he's going to do it. And DeSantis is going to do all these retail pol- – look, it's the same situation we see on a much smaller scale, like with AOC and uh, and and uh, her race that she – the first race she ran, where the incumbent just didn't get out there and do anything. Figured, you know, if you're an incumbent in the House, you win. You don't got to do any campaigning. You can't. You don't have to do the campaigning you did when you first ran, right? And they're going to win anyway. And it didn't work. You see, he lost. She won. AOC, of all people, won because she went out there and she knew that he was going to be complacent. And she simply just went out there and busted her ass for several months. Right. Did AOC showed. Do you ever see those? If this could be fake. Maybe not. She showed those sneakers she wore when she was campaigning and how the soles were worn down because she was walking around so much. It might be true. I mean, she was campaigning a lot. So that's what you have to do in order to win. And if you're complacent and you think you're just going to golf your way through the primary, you ain't going to win. And if there's anyone who's going to be complacent like Hillary was, it's it's Trump. Because just the way, as I said, just the way Hillary um, thought she had it in the bag. And it was due to her, due for her. It was due. She was due. She had to win, right? It was inevitable. She was inevitable. She lost. And I think Trump's going to have that same mindset now that I have a big name recognition. Fox News is going to really promote me. I don't really have to run. I don't have to do the retail politics that DeSantis is doing. And I'm going to get by on my name recognition. And it's not going to work. It never works in places like Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, and South Carolina. You have got to campaign your ass off. You have to. They want you to show up. And if you don't show up, you're not going to win. And so far, I'm seeing a very complacent Donald Trump. Very complacent. He needs to, if I'm his camp, Lance, I'll get to you in one second. It's been a long time. Long time, Lance. Um, but he, if I'm his campaign, I'm, I'm going to stop putting out these videos of him playing golf. It makes you look lazy. It makes you look like you, you, you know, you criticize Hillary for that. You criticize Biden for that kind of boring complacency. And then you're doing it. Stop putting out videos golfing of you golfing while DeSantis is out there going to Iowa, New Hampshire and campaigning his ass off. Incredibly bad optics. Once again, the Trump forget about what you hear in the mainstream media. Trump has had an incredibly rocky start. That's why all of these people are getting in. The mainstream media, like Fox, will let will want you to believe 
that all these people are getting in because DeSantis is soft. They're not getting in DeSantis because that makes no sense. They're getting in because the front runner is soft and they know it. Hey, speaking of a guy doing, Lance. Uh, pretty good, Mike. How you doing? Good. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, maybe you're right, but uh, that would defy history. Uh, they kept Biden in the basement and Trump campaigned his ass off in 2020. And in 2016, it was that upper Midwest, man. He kicked ass. He went to – listen, according – you know, this is, this is just fact, right? So – these people in the upper let Midwest. Let me tell you, Lance, I'll let you talk forever. Let me, let me give you a difference. I only got 10 seconds. <laughs> no, no, no. You can stay on. Stay on with me. So, oh, I see in, what you mean. Yeah, in 2016, remember, in 2016, Hillary in 2016 did not go to those states like uh, Wisconsin, right? Uh, Michigan, Pennsylvania, in the general election in that last month. She was told, go, go. You don't got it in the bag. And she didn't. And she lost them. Now, 2020 with Biden, Biden is a totally different situation. You know what held Biden out in 2020, right? COVID. COVID. Everyone was doing the same thing. So no one saw that as everyone thought, oh, the 70, whatever, five-year-old guy doesn't want to die of COVID. Of course not. So he's going to stay in his basement like the rest of us and do everything on Zoom. If, 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 2020, if COVID didn't hit, Biden would have really had to get out there more. But- because of COVID, that really protected him a little bit more from that kind of uh, having to do that kind of retail campaigning that that Trump did. So I think those are the two differences between 2016 and, and 2020 and why a complacent Hillary lost and a complacent Biden ended up winning. OK, Lynch, you're up. Uh, last time I looked. Sanders and Trump were in their 70s in 2020, okay? And yep. uh, they campaigned their asses off. It was very blatant. It was very obvious that it was only Biden. It was not just Biden versus Trump. He was in the basement. Trump wasn't in the basement. Neither was Sanders. They campaigned their asses off. No. So, again, I just think you're I, – I know no, you're no, – Let Lance. me – again, you're giving me 10 seconds here. Can I flesh out no, a point I'm, here for a second? But I, go ahead. But I'm, I'm going to say you're wrong. But go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Lance. Go ahead. Lance, stop muting your mic. Just stay on with me. You don't got to mute. Lance, you keep on muting your mic. What am I wrong about? The app. Lance, are you there? Yeah. I unmuted. I unmuted, Keep but it didn't unmute. Oh, okay, I got you. No, Am I all right here? What are you going to say? Trump came to their ass off in 2020. For hundreds of thousands of dollars to Wall Street people, she wasn't out on the stump as much, nearly as much as Trump was in 2016. So like I say, maybe be different in 2024 but and i'm not certainly not a trump fan but he campaigned his ass off in 2016 and both he and sanders campaigned their ass off in 2020 it was only trump it was only biden that was in the basement not sanders and trump so no one thing about trump i you know surprise surprise with all the free shit media he got billions of dollars 
covered, not just on Fox, but CNN and MSNBC with the empty podiums and all that. Gave him good ratings. He campaigned his ass off. And by the way, it's just a fact. He went to places in the upper Midwest that people said not only did no Republican, no presidential candidate, people in their 60s, you know, whatever, old timers, were like no presidential candidate ever came here. He went to Pillar and Post. He went to Outpost. Trump did in both 2016 and 2020. I think you Well, I'm actually wrong. <laughs> I mentioned the way Trump campaigned his ass off and went everywhere. He didn't try for any free ride or free media campaign in 2016 or 2020. He campaigned his ass right. off. And he'll have to do it again. And doesn't look Why like are you saying that he did it twice in a row, but this time he won't when he knows he's a weaker candidate? Because he's than he not. Would. Because so far he's not. He announced. Well, so it's. Uh, I know Lance, that Lance. I know. No, I know that we're in a constant campaign season in America, but it's not. It's, it's still early, and I, I think he's smart. That, by the, the way, is, is that I think. I think he's playing this game. He says, everybody knows who I am. I'm not going to go strong yet. Let's let DeSantis have his time. And look what's happening. DeSantis is fucking, DeSantis is destroying his own campaign. And Trump is just saying, don't get in the way when the guy's What are you talking about? If anyone's imploding, it's Trump, not DeSantis. What are you destroying his campaign? DeSantis has had a campaign. For 40 years. He raised $8 million in the first day, Lance. Of course he did. Facts matter. That's not a surprise. Facts matter. That's not a surprise. RFK had a big bump. We're not going to be inaugurating RFK oh, Jr. you can't either. compare RFK to... Come I'm on, not Lance. comparing them. Don't be ridiculous. Not, wait. The Democrats don't allow... Right. If, the Democrats don't allow a fair primary. You know that. I'm not trying to compare. I'm saying... RFK got a big bump in a boost because he was this other guy. And he wasn't Marianne Williams and he had a Kennedy name and he got a big bump in all that, just like DeSantis did. Neither of them is going to be president. Okay, listen, here's the thing. DeSantis, okay, what, what do you, wait a minute. Can I just make this point? Ron DeSantis, let me tell you something. Ron DeSantis is totally out of touch. Now, let me just say one thing, please. You know, let's have a back and forth here a little bit. Okay, not a lot of Go college. So, okay, Mitt Romney, not a fan of Mitt Romney either. He's like the corporate private equity guy. Okay. Do you know that the Republican party has officially divorced itself officially, not in terms of they still, they're still tied like Siamese twins with the uh, chamber of commerce. Do you know they officially don't like officially affiliate with them anymore? Yes. I've heard about that. There's a lot of anti-corporate and it's not just, it's not just, um, it's not just virtue signaling. I think there is a real strong anti-monopoly, anti-tech, anti-big tech, partly because it's a bunch of liberals that run Silicon Valley and it's a bunch of Democrats, not far left liberals like Silicon Valley more, but liberals nonetheless Democrats that are big time on Wall Street and Republicans for political reasons and for purely, truly honest ideological reasons. They don't like they don't, they hate, they hate Romney. They don't like the private equity bigwig anymore. Okay. Okay. But you know what? DeSantis, they don't like those types anymore either. Trump is an anomaly in a sense. Okay. He's Trump. Okay. But you're not going to transfer it. DeSantis wants to out Trump Trump. He's trying to play the 2016, 2020 game. It ain't going to work. DeSantis is trying to be like this hardcore far right guy. It's not going to play nationally the way Trump with his charisma 
could do it because Trump was not a stock right wing anti everything. You know, let's shut down the 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 the, the free speech Trump, and LGBTQ. Trump doesn't play that game. Trump is very smart to kind of play this guy who's just Trump. Trump doesn't play with independence. Trump lost the popular vote twice. Trump vote. Oh, come on. Every Republican has lost a popular vote. If you think. Wait, 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 Mike. Let me let me shut up. Let me shut up after this. If you think DeSantis, if you think DeSantis is going to be this like uber far right guy and win at the national level and not going to he's going to lose more of the popular vote than Trump or or any of the other guys. Are you kidding me? DeSantis. It's It's in your brain that he's uber, uber far right. He's not. He's not. The things during COVID are what most of Americans wanted. For no, DeSantis is not. DeSantis is not with where America. Lance, you're not making any sense. Lance, you're not making any sense. Florida was has not. Florida is not a far right state. If Florida, if DeSantis was so extreme right, he wouldn't have won Florida by a million and a half votes. Where is this idea that Florida is a far right state? Florida is a Republican state now because of DeSantis. It wasn't before last November, but now it is because of him, because he won. Florida has been a purple state. Every presidential election, Florida has been one or two points one way or the other. So to say Florida is an extreme right state is total bullshit. It's total bullshit. It's a lie. There's no truth in it. I'm not going to let you come on here and just spew lies. You're allowed to have your own opinion. You're not allowed to have your own facts. Florida is a purple state, and DeSantis won it by 1.5 million votes, showing that he plays to the center. He plays to the common sense center. He got Democrats. He got independents. You don't win Florida by a million and a half votes just getting the extreme right Christian Republican anti-abortion vote. These are facts. You cannot have your own facts, period. You're on unless be heard. Yeah, does DeSantis far right as, as though any of us hope him to be far right? Or is he think he's far right? I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous what I heard there. Um, it's, it's yeah, he, he's he's firmly in the center. And most importantly, it seems like Lance um, uh, has forgotten or maybe he was, you know, Rip Van Winkling at the last uh, three years or something. But um now is very, very different than three years ago. And not just because three of the typical years have passed, because three very, very, very atypical years passed. Trying to analyze this election or any any election that's going to be happening in 2024 in the same manner that you tried to analyze or would have analyzed 2020, 2016 or any other election before you're not it's not it's not going to cut it this this is going to be a very very interesting election that we have here with a lot of people that are crossing their their ideological lines yes because 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 of what happened in this country during covid because of what happened in this country with the blm riots this this is something that is reshaping the political landscape and to to analyze this in terms of who's far right Who's not? Who's center? Uh, I, I think that um, people aren't aren't um, uh, they aren't getting it. They aren't um, they don't have their pulse. They don't have well, their finger on the pulse of what's pulse, going on. You put your finger on it there when you said um, crossover, and that's the appeal of Ron DeSantis. And yes. in general, what has happened are people like you and me 
former liberals, Democrats, whatever it may be, Bernie Sanders supporters, going over to the DeSantis campaign. That is what the last three years have done, you see. So what's happening is the left wing, because they've gone so extreme left into, you know, extreme wokeness and such and authoritarianism, they have forced many people, meaning the country, further to the right, more into the conservative uh, bucket. That's what's happened. That's why DeSantis was able to win all these people he won over in Florida who have never voted for a Republican before, right? So think about that. People who have never voted for a Republican before voted for someone that Lance says is so extreme, MAGA, mega right, is ridiculous. They voted for him because the extreme left, the Democratic Party, is so anti-common sense that they are now pushing people over to vote for people who they consider to be common sense candidates. Yep, like I agree. And I think that um, Sarah Huckabee Sanders a few months ago, um, uh, I think it was during the state, just after the State of Union, uh, has, as, as far as politicians go, has been the one to sum it up the best so far. And that is, the, this is going to be about crazy versus normal. Well, and I'd like to ask people, I mean, look, you're allowed to, you don't have to like Ron DeSantis. If you think he's too conservative and you're very liberal, fine, whatever. But you can't just simply say statement, oh, people, the country's not going to go for this in a general election. Well, if the country's not going to go for anything, it's what we've seen in the polls. They're not going to go for another 80-year-old old fucking white guy. They don't want Trump and they don't want Biden. That's what we've seen in polls. They don't want Trump to run again. They don't want Biden to run again. Nothing in there about they don't want RFK to run or they don't want Ron DeSantis to run or they don't want Vivek Ramaswamy to run. All we're seeing in the polls consistently is that the country doesn't want Biden and Trump again. They don't want a Biden-Trump rematch. Okay, that's like a fucking horror film to them. That's what we know. That's the only thing we know for sure. But what I want to ask people, Daniel, rhetorically to you, is if you don't like Ron DeSantis... Tell me what policies you don't like. Tell me policies of the last three years that he enacted in Florida you don't like or anything he's talked about so far in his first 48 hours of running for president that you don't like. Tell me, what is it? Maybe we'll agree on some of them. Maybe we'll disagree. But the problem with most of these people is, Daniels, they don't even know his policies. They can't even talk about policies. They just say, oh, he, he's no, he's a uh, he's extreme MAGA or he's Trump. They make up these things that don't even make sense. Someone like Lance will say him. He say he's MAGA extreme. Others will say he's MAGA light. They don't know what the hell they're talking about. It's like, what about ultra MAGA policies? Give me policies. What about ultra MAGA? I like the ultra MAGA category. That has a nice ring to it. That sounds like a beer, right? Yeah. Sounds like a good beer. I, yeah, but, but ultra. Nights, I drink my ultra MAGA. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can get some uh, Corona Ultra. <laughs> Corona, because no, no one's going to be dr- drinking but ultra. Yeah, but how are you? Ultra MAGA and MAGA light at the same time. These people have no idea what they're talking about. They just well, they just yeah, make yeah, shit up. I mean, this, this is this is the internet. This is modern communications. They think that they can, can uh, and they can. They think that they can personalize the communications and the propaganda. So you know, you're you're, you're scanning across the dial, and you're going to hear whatever they think fits that demographic that they are trying to reach uh, on that part of the dial. Um, it's you, you know that's that's how personalized they can. They can uh, make the message these days, given, you know, the data mining that they can do on people that are on any part of the Internet. Uh, That's 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 the way it's done these days. 
Yeah, it's once again, give me policies. What is it? In other words, so you disagreed with him not locking down. You wanted Florida locked down, right? Okay. Or you wanted masks or you wanted vaccine mandates. Is that your disagreement? Is that someone, is that, is that, but people won't even say that because it's not even popular to say that anymore. So they won't talk about that. They won't talk about his COVID policy that worked. They don't want to talk about that. Do they want to talk about the economy in Florida? That it's the best economy in the country? That education is number one? Who, 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 who's, to, who's responsible for that? As Trump said, what, Charlie Crist is responsible for that? Who's responsible for those numbers? Who's responsible for the best tourism in the country? Who's, who's responsible for that? Who, Nikki Freed? These people are ridiculous. You know, look, if you disagree with something like, if you think that six-week abortion ban is too far right, fine. I'm disagreeing with you now on that. I might have agreed with you three years ago. I don't agree with you now. But fine, you can say that. I, I agree. Look, I disagree with the guy doing the thing in Florida where they have the death penalty for, you know, child abusers, whatever. I think it's wrong. I don't believe in the death penalty. So what? That's not a deal breaker for me. The death penalty in Florida for child molesters is not a deal breaker. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go to you know. I'm not gonna go to the mat for the child molesters, but I, I don't agree with the death penalty, right? Uh, so what policies? The only policies these people can talk about are the ones that the extreme left and Donald Trump now, like Ron DeSantis has brought up, are agreeing with. The extreme left thinks he shouldn't be going after Disney. Donald Trump is saying he shouldn't be going after Disney. So Donald Trump is aligning himself with the extreme left, okay, on that issue. And there are many other issues that Donald Trump is aligning with the extreme left with against Ron DeSantis. And that is what Ron DeSantis has really attacked. And it's smart for him to do that. Yeah, I think that our country realizes and recognizes that um, Trump really did break a lot of brains. And um, I think they don't want that anymore. They want people to start thinking for themselves, thinking critically, thinking independently. Um, and that I just think that they don't want uh, another four years of Trump manipulating uh, the world um, just by being who, who he is. I mean, which, which is, which is really weird in the first place, but um and and you know why would you why would you want to vote for Trump given that he's he's done it in four years he can't run again? I mean, well, why, that's why, another why, why issue that, that that's another yeah. issue that DeSantis and his supporters like myself are, are bringing up, and it's a very legitimate thing to bring up. Yeah, I mean, why why throw away all that political capital on somebody yeah. that 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 the investment is going to yield half of what it could with, yeah, with uh, look, a winner like DeSantis. I'll, I'll give it straight to you. The reason why Trump supporters, they're in a cult, we know that, but the reason why they want him to win, and they don't care if it's four years or eight years, is they want him to win because they believe he's going to destroy all of his enemies in four years. That's what they believe, Daniel. They think he's going to get in there and destroy all the people who have hurt him over the last few years. That's what they want. They want this like revenge term, a term of revenge. What's that going to do for the average American person? What's that going to do for the economy? Come on. But that's what they want. They want like revenge. And they believe four years is plenty enough time for him to get revenge. Like he's a dictator and he's going to line up his enemies and have you shot. Yeah. Didn't we have enough of George Bush holding the reins of government for personal ends when it came to uh, invading Iraq simply for his uh, father's uh, honor? 
which which is essentially the reason that we invaded Iraq. Um, and is because he believed that Saddam Hussein wanted his father dead. Um, there's no other explanation that that makes any but sense. I want, than, than I, I want people so to are come we going to let Trump use the reins of government for the sake of vengeance like like Bush did? That doesn't come to any good. It never didn't come to any good in 2003. And it sure as shit isn't going to come to any good in 2024. No, it's not. And you know what? I don't care if people are not Ron DeSantis supporters. I don't care if you love Biden. I don't care if you love Donald Trump. If you're going to come on here, you're going to have to talk about policy. I don't want to hear anything. I don't want 10 months of, oh, generic one-liners, right? Someone's too far this, MAGA this, slogans. I don't want slogans. I don't want generalities. I want to talk about policy. But you see, Daniel, you and I know this. They cannot talk about DeSantis's record because his record is all winning. It's well, like why do trying they need to, to say that some of the greatest. I know you're a big sports ball fan, Daniel. So you love these analogies. Been very, love, very good to me. Yeah, been very, very good to you. But that's like saying that like, the greatest teams of all time sucked. No, they won everything. I say they sucked. You can't do that. You have to talk about record. OK, so if you're going to but if you're going to say stupid things like like Trump does. Oh, well, the economy's number one in Florida, but nothing to do with DeSantis. Oh, oh, tourism is number one, but nothing to do with DeSantis. Oh, the economy's number one uh, education, but nothing to do with DeSantis. I'm going to hang up on you because it's bullshit. You can't say stuff like that because, you know, if everything was in the basement, it would be DeSantis's fault. Right. So. The governor gets credit for the good things. He takes the hits for the bad things, just like the president. But you got to give him credit. But they can't give him credit. So they can't talk about his policies. So they have to bring up these very generic, stupid things like, remember 2016? Remember 2020? Well, he's trying to outdo Trump. He's trying to be Trumpier. These things don't make any fucking sense. Talk about <laughs> policy. Does DeSantis, DeSantis, how anyone could think that, and, and, and yes, Lance did say that, trying to out Trump, Trump. Um, I don't know if there's exact words, but um, it was it was it was something like that. But anyway, DeSantis trying to outdraw Trump. Trump. DeSantis is acting like the polar opposite of Trump at this point. What the fuck? Well, and what and and these people don't even know what that means when they say someone. And this is not just DeSantis. They've said this about other people running for like Senate. Always trying to out Trump. Trump. What does that even mean? Put that into words. Give me thirty good words that make sense. What does that mean if someone's trying to out Trump? Trump. Yeah, it's, it's 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 just some uh, some uh, nebulous idiom that, that that has evolved over the last you know a few months, uh, and, well years actually. There's been other politicians it's been applied to, but you're right; it, it doesn't mean anything. It's just some throwaway little idiomatic expression that's evolved, and people think that they think it's saying something. They say it because they think it's going to get some sort of emotional reaction out of people. But yeah, they don't. It doesn't mean anything, not 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 in a, a, an objective sort of uh, sense. It means, you know, it's, it's, it's just it's just a throwaway phrase that that evokes emotion. It's 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 operational con, operant conditioning, essentially. It's Pav, Pavlovian. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 idiotic to think that. First of all, there's no it doesn't make any sense to think that once again, there's no there's no consistency in thought to say, well, Trump running as a Democrat, basically, taking on Gavin Newsom's talking points, will win him the primary. But Ron DeSantis, being a true conservative, will lose him the general. It doesn't make any sense. How does running as a, as a leftist win the Republican primary in 2024? It's impossible. And that's what DeSantis is going to hit Trump on. That's why 
the one of the first things Ron DeSantis said in his interviews is, boy, this is not the same Donald Trump I knew from 2016. What's happened to him? He used to be he used to take the conservative side of issues. Now he's taking the liberal side of issues. What's what's happened to him? That is how he's going to get the Republican primary voters to vote for him. Because yeah, and it's going to resonate with a lot of people because they see that the left is no longer the left either. They saw them become shift from being liberal to illiberal. So people have a very good sense that the political landscape over the last three years has shifted in very weird manner. And most and most of us have really um, no, don't have a good sense of, of where that shift is landing. Um, we don't have a good sense in how to how um, people are divided up in this country uh, as good a sense as, as we had in 2016 when it comes to politics. People are all over the map right now because there was some really big issues that happened over the last three years and people didn't follow strictly on party lines and the support of, of those issues. And yeah. especially now, after they've seen all the damage that some of that has done, and even though they might have supported it two years ago, now they're saying, oh, shit, how could I have been such an idiot? Just like in 2003 when they supported the invasion of Iraq, but, you know, a year, two years later, they, every, everyone wanted the fuck out of there and everyone realized there was, they were lied in. There's no UNDs, there's no chemical, no, no biological weapons. Now we're three years into the madness of COVID, um, and people are recognizing that they were hoodwinked, that they were bamboozled. Well, uh, and I hate to keep on bringing up sports references, you know, but it's also the same thing with people want to talk about general election, winning general election. And yeah, okay, we, we can look forward to that, but you can't get there until you win the primaries. So that would be like looking forward to the Super Bowl before you win the playoffs. It doesn't exist. For you, the Super Bowl doesn't exist until you win the playoffs, right? So you have to win the playoffs first, and the primaries are the playoffs. For me? No, yeah. Use. Use people. You. But, uh, but uh, it, so it, it kind of doesn't make too much sense to get into the general election that much. We've seen primary candidates win. <laughs> The general election is a game. The it's totally different games. Even the states, right? The states are very different, right? We're talking about Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, South Carolina in the primary. And in the general election, we'll probably be talking more like Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin, right? So it's a totally different ballgame. Yes. Yes. There's there's so many things that are so very, very different. I'm going to I'm going to Go sign ahead. off right now. And, and um, did you catch um, our, 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 our what should I call um, domestic terrorists, um, our local um, media star? I know on, he was uh, on KRO KRO. Maybe domestic will come on and talk. Yeah. I know it's you know what? He doesn't want to come on and talk about it because he sees it as a boring issue. But I don't. Uh, no, yeah. he, he, he did such a good job. Um, yeah, I, I wish I could be that uh, composed and uh, that well spoken uh, under under the uh, under the gun. He did an amazing yeah, job. He can come on and talk about it if he wants. La labor laws yeah, are I'm gonna let, important. Uh, I don't think it's boring. So yeah. I, I'm I'm giving up my spot. Go ahead. Bill. Have right, fun, Daniel. Bill. Bye bye. All right. Okay, Bill. Bill. You know, Bill. I don't like. I don't try to. 
yell at land, but he wasn't making any sense, you know? <laughs> well, uh, I think he did a good thing. I, I, Lance constantly comes in and yells at me, so <laughs> touche. <laughs> well, like I said, I, you need to be, uh, and this goes for everybody now, because we, we have 10 months of this to go, what, more than that, 10 months before, you know, the, the meat of it starts. But I want to say, the issues, political issues, okay? Tell me the political issues. Don't come on here and see these general things that don't make any sense. Like, like Daniel was talking about, just slogans, you know, slogans. It doesn't, I'm not, that's not going to, that's, that's not going to cut it. You know, be specific. Be yeah, specific. I mean, I mean, you know, it's like, like I am. I think DeSantis can get independence better than Trump because Trump polls very poorly with independence. And that's very important come next year, November. That's it. It's a very specific thing to say. Very specific thing to say. If you think that independents aren't going to matter, tell me why. But don't, I don't want to hear this generic stuff like this guy's out trumping this. Hillary slept. He's not sleeping. Hillary didn't campaign. He's campaigning. Come on. We all know, Bill. I'll, I'll, sorry, Bill. I'll let you talk in a minute. But the Bernie thing is the same as the Bernie thing. What happened, Bill, after South Carolina? COVID. COVID. COVID happened one week after South Carolina. And Bernie couldn't do his retail campaigning anymore. And he was done. COVID, you know, if you want to talk about conspiracies, Bill, COVID saved Biden. Yes, South Carolina was a big part of it. But after that, the way the campaign style happened, Trump couldn't do his retail campaigning anymore. Bernie couldn't do his retail campaigning anymore. And Biden could do the basement campaigning. It worked right into his wheelhouse. So, you know, Lance doesn't want to talk about these specifics as though they didn't matter, but they do matter. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I've really tried to, you know, talk issues, popular they are, or how people see them tribally. And uh, I've never been able to do any issue discussion with Lance. And that's just how it is. So I mean, usually he's at a point now he just yells and screams at me based on some emotional button that it pushes. So you, you don't, Mike, this is who the fella is. So, you know, I, that's, I agree with you. Uh, there's a lot of people who do that. And that's obviously, you know, people can be very tribal about, and it's a popularity contest for some people based on symbology, not on reality. Like, like we were talking policies and cabinet members reflect your policies and then they enact your you know, or your ideology, Absolutely. then they enact ideologies. Yeah. And that's all that matters. Right. Everything else is is a complete distraction. You know, so um and we, we can we you know, Trump again, if if you look at Council of Foreign Relation, 
members, Bilderberg members, World Economic Forum members, uh, bankers that were in Trump's cabinet and ultra right wing neocons as generals, then what else could you expect? You know, just because he ran on a populist platform is irrelevant. The same thing with Obama. You can say anything you want while you're running, and then you're going to get eight years of of something that you, doesn't reflect the whole thing. At least with me, it's kind of like robotic at times. Yeah, um, I'm not being disrespectful. I, like right now, I don't can't tell if you're trying to say anything or not because you were so in and out before. Um, I want to pause for a second and see if you had some feedback there. Everything's good. Everything's good. Yeah, I can't yeah. hear you. Oh, okay, okay. But as far as DeSantis goes, you know, what I want to hear is, see, my, my position, one thing I wanted to mention the last couple of days is, speaking of all those... Uh, uh, from the economic firm or from Bilderberg, Kissinger 2.0, you know. Because um, Kissinger was, this is a Bilderberg meeting all day, it's there. It's like he's involved with the world of fine. You know, if that's your... If, Position out and has planned for you. Okay, I'm not. This is basically he's. I forget how he phrased it, but he's basically telling the World Economic Forum to stick it up their rear right. end, you know, as far as yeah. their policies, and and you know, that's a lot of like caring. I highly respect and regard. Uh, and when he went on Steve Bannon and Bannon, the world just told us that putting together like an intelligence committee from where? The FDA and the CDC. I go, yep, <laughs> yep, yep. You know, as opposed to where the World Economic Forum would have you in this full. Uh, you know, be a pincushion for the rest of your life on this mRNA right. platform. Right. Vaccines, they keep having to jack people. You know, so the other thing is for people to consider, you know, I don't really know. When we catch the narratives from the mainstream media, how much of that, most of that's not reality. So for them to say X number of the population is is verbal day. especially after what we've all been through, I would suggest that there's a lot more people who are anthem than, than we're going to hear the mainstream media uh, account for, you know, and uh, many, many more. Uh, for example, the uh, bivalent uh, flu vaccine had a very poor uptake, something like in the mid-teens, you know. So that says a lot. That means 80-odd percent of the people didn't get it. 
you know, they were eligible of age. So that's just well, a lot, lot of people th- didn't get it for their kids either, you know. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Overall, that's a huge, that's, a, well, that's huge. And so, I mean, so that's why I think we, we I would love to see a DeSantis, you know, uh, RFK Jr. Uh, uh, heated debates throughout, you know, primaries and, and, and into the general election because we get some real good, uh, pulling back the veil of what's causing, for example, all these excess deaths. I don't know if you know Dr. John Campbell, who's uh, a YouTube platform, and uh, he just did a video on excess deaths. This is a huge number of excess deaths, that being year over year, historically, the number is skyrocketing, you know? And uh, you might say part of it has to do with suicide, but the, the suicide rate has gone up. There has been some other issues of people who didn't get uh, medical care because they were mm, didn't make an appointment or were afraid to make an appointment with COVID. Who knows? But that's a small percentage of the excess right. deaths. Right. You see what I mean? Yeah. We know why the excess deaths have skyrocketed, clearly. And Joseph Latipo knows why. Go ahead. No, no, right. it's true. We, yeah. we know why. Of course. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But this is part of the built-in excuse they had for this, which is why they probably weren't worried about the side effects, is that they can always say they can always say, because, you know, the media, the mainstream media is never going to report on excess deaths. Forget it. They won't do it. They had no problem putting up the death ticker on CNN and MSNBC, but they won't put up excess deaths. So a young right. person dies today. A young person dies tomorrow. A 20 year old athlete dies oh, today. Right. Uh, you know, a 40 year old ripped athlete dies tomorrow. They'll say people die. It happens. You're a conspiracy theorist if you think it's anything other than nature so then mm-hmm. they can but bill I, I, i'm wondering how long can they say that can they keep going with that for two years four years a decade i think first of all i think we're going to see uh not tulsi gabbert was on sean hannity okay so i that was a good thing you know and uh she was talking about the DNC and how they basically rigged the elections, you know, and that needs to be said. Now there's a woman who's got some crossover, you know, uh, and uh, I respect her for that because she is talking about issues. Um, she's not tribal at all. And uh, a little disappointed when, when she pulled out that she, you know, kind of did the sheep herding back to Joe Biden, but you know, she's, she's coming out against, the DNC hard, unrelenting now, and Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, people Well, change, there's more you know, on, and, on the COVID front. I did want to mention this, and since you brought it up, uh-huh. uh, we know that Trump, by the way, begged Brian Kemp not to reopen Georgia. This was six weeks. Remember, this was a month and a half after 15 days to slow the spread. He begged, he mm. called Kemp and begged him not to open California, uh, open Georgia. You know why? Because he thought the media wouldn't like it. And luckily, Kemp stood up to him. And so you can imagine he might have had the same conversations with DeSantis, right? But this shows the lack of leadership from Donald Trump. He said the same thing. 
when people said, come on, man, fire Fauci, the guy's terrible. He said, well, I can't do that because the media will kill me on it, right? It'll be a PR disaster. That's not a leader. That's not a true leader. That's a loser. A leader is a guy like Ron DeSantis who says, oh, I don't care. If the person's not doing their job right, I'll fire them, right? I'm going to do the right thing. It doesn't matter what people think about me. He doesn't care what people think about him with his fight with Disney. Doesn't care what people think about him with the six-week abortion ban. Doesn't care. Does what he believes is right. And I'm really, Bill, how long has it been since we've had a president like that? Well, that's what's refreshing. I, mean, I totally agree with you uh, regarding Trump. Um, so it, I do agree. Now, I, I have to step back a minute. I haven't looked into DeSantis' overall policies, but what I have heard, the things you mentioned, the things I have heard that headline the media and on his position on with Joseph, Joseph Latibo, I love mm-hmm. all that. You know, I'm totally, I want some sanity, but like I said, I always say when I was growing up, you were straight, you were gay, and you were bi, and nobody seemed to really care that I knew. Second of all, none of us wore sexuality on our sleeve. Mm-hmm. It's your business. Mm-hmm. As long as you're not harming kids, it's none of my business. <laughs> as long as you're not harming kids. That's changed. Now they're harming kids. <laughs> so I know. people are, you know. Oh, they over-sexualize the children, and they, exactly. Oh, you know. We talked about this, and I know Daniel could talk about it a lot with his, you know, background as a doctor. Those hormones, those hor- hormones affect people's mindset and their moods dramatically, right? So we see that in sports, guys have steroid rages, women when their hormones cycle. When you alter kids' hormones, when the kids are already confused because of the messaging they're getting through the media, through the songs media of course and then they're confused and they're having gender dysphoria you throw hormones on top of that forget about mm-hmm. it yeah you know that's such a crime and this is got to stop you know this madness look i i'm pretty call it conservative just call it realistic you were born a man because for a reason you know and a woman for a reason and I stand that way on the abortion issue, too. You can't get pregnant alone if you're a woman. So guess what? It's not just your body. And you can lie to yourself and say it is. But it's not because it took semen to get you pregnant. So, you know, you have, you're, you have the gift of life in your abdomen. And as it says in the Gospels, you know not whether the wind cometh or goeth. Mm-hmm. You know, you know not how the how the bones and, and the mother's womb are, are, are formed. You know, not the ways of God. It's a miracle, right? you know, and it has to be treated as such. And, you know, the other thing that really pisses me off is this attitude of young men like, eh, she can just take a pill or eh, she got me drunk. Or, eh, you know, <laughs> what, what, the, what the hell? You know, that's, that's your, that, you know, listen, I never had a woman tell me I got her pregnant. Unless there's some woman kept a secret from me. I don't know that happening, you know, and that's because I took measures so that wouldn't right. happen because I study what happens in abortion. And like I told you, and it freaked me out. Every kid should see a, an aborted fetus from chemical abortion or from late term abortion and see videos of the 
the, the child's heart beating in the womb and them responding to music and, and, and mm -hmm. sounds and everything. And then you tell yeah. me that life, when life starts. Right. You know, yeah, rather? Uh, look, I think most of these people who are pro-abortion uh, have never seen an ultrasound. They don't want to see an ultrasound because it would probably change their views on things that they saw an ultrasound. Basically, Absolutely. you would have to say, let's say now with the ultrasounds, and they've gotten so much better than they were 20, 30 years ago, you mm -hmm. see at six weeks, you can hear the heartbeat. The doctor says, here, here, yeah. look, I'll put the thing in your ear. You can hear the heartbeat. You would have mm -hmm. to be able to say, well, okay, I don't care. You should be able to kill that. And I don't think many of them could do that. You know, so I, I, I agree. It's just this idea. And then you, uh, you know, I don't know anyone who's had an abortion, but I have heard that often it's something that a, a woman it does happen where a woman does regret it later. You know what I mean? Because they, I know a gal who I talked to on Colin periodically and, and she's like, Oh, I knew when I was pregnant long before I got a positive pregnancy test. She said, my, my son, when he was two and a half, I, she, she fell out of a third story window. The son was with her mother and the son stopped everybody and said, said, mommy, mommy's, needs our prayers something happened something happened to mine when he was like three years old they're connected you know what i mean mother mothers are connected to the kids the way the yeah. fathers are, aren't necessarily andrew you know is that. saying in the chat something that it's, it's i think is he's right he says i'm bringing up the idea of you know when life starts when the heartbeat starts and to a lot of these pro-choice people um they don't care they believe the mother's bodily autonomy matters the most this is why so many of them and it makes sense what andrew's saying so many of them are not for any kind of weak ban right they think a lot of them yeah. some of them on the left believe that the mother up until labor should be able to abort the child because they believe that what the mother wants to do with her body is all that matters she has the right oh, to do whatever she wants while the child is still in her body so that's their i believe crazy point of view you know it's a total denial of reality like i said to any woman who's i'd love to have a debate with i've never had a woman call into when i did a room other than one woman to give me a lot of f-bombs yeah. and then you know leave in the live chat because they couldn't debate it i'm like when, when you show me a woman who gets pregnant alone and can manifest that then i'll agree it's just your body and it doesn't happen so enough you know, debate over. That's the way I see it. And they can look at now, as far as laws being passed or whatever, you know, that's that's a whole other matter. Are we going to make it illegal? Or what are, what are we going to mm -hmm. do about it? Um, I'm, I'm, I don't know. You know, I'm just talking when it comes to that policy, uh, it's very, I don't know. I don't know. But as far as I can just say, listen, I, as a man, if anyone was out there and I got her pregnant, she didn't, they didn't tell me, tell me, you know what I mean? Because I would never walk away from that. You know, I would take responsibility for myself and, and that's my life that has been impregnated in another life. And the two came together and we, you know, I would never walk away on that risk. Even if I was in love with the woman that's, and I didn't want to marry her for whatever reasons, I know, well, I would certainly support the woman throughout the, the whole process and make sure that, uh, you know, I visited the child and, and was a part of that child's life. I, I, I would 
do everything I could to take my responsibility as a father. Uh, and to, that's the other thing. We're the, the, that's these men who have this attitude. As far as I'm concerned, they're not men. The ones they're who not. have the whatever. Right. So, they're not. They're not men. Look, the fact matter is, this yeah. is all part of the left and their ideology of no personal responsibility. We're not going to take no words. If you're a drug addict, if you're homeless, if you get pregnant, if you get someone pregnant, there's no personal responsibility. Some other force is doing this stuff. This, this, this is like this osmosis. Something out there is making you not work. It's making you become homeless. It's a making you, you know, get someone pregnant. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. There's, there's personal responsibility. And the left in general, their ideology is not nothing to do with personal responsibility. The only time, Bill, which we've talked about on this show a lot for the last year and a half, the only time that changed is with the vaccine, Bill. Then they all said, oh, it's your personal responsibility. You must get vaccinated. If you don't get vaccinated, you're killing grandma. Bill, there's a video going around. I think I'll, I'll wait till Monday. But there's a, I don't want to play the whole thing. <laughs> but there's a video going around about two or three minutes of people saying in that period of, you know, late 2020 to maybe late 2021 to early 2022, you got to get the vaccine. If you don't get the vaccine, you're evil. And these are, you know, public figures, public figures saying uh, actors, celebrities, politicians, doctors saying you must get the vaccine. You must get the vaccine. The vaccine stops the spread. If you don't get the vaccine, you're a killer. If you don't get the vaccine, you should be you should get the death penalty. It's it's one after another. Now, I believe all those people should be held accountable. All those people who said those kinds of things about the unvaccinated should be ostracized and should be afraid to show their faces in public forever. Of course, there's not because people are not ostracizing them the way they should for saying those horrible things about the unvaccinated. But it's, it's amazing that this is the one time that the left felt that we needed we must take personal responsibility and get the vaccine. And of course, the one time they say this is the one time where it's total bullshit because the vaccine didn't stop the spread of anything. So the one time they want to take personal responsibility, you don't really need to take personal responsibility because the vaccine was garbage. But everything else, Bill, it's like, well, no, it's not our response. Look, it's a mistake. I got pregnant by mistake. I got her pregnant by mistake. No, you didn't wear a condom. No, you didn't take the pill. No, you didn't protect yourself. That's why you got pregnant. Yeah, or you choose not to copulate. There's other forms of sex you could have had. It's not, let's put it this way. It's not that easy to get pregnant. There are people who have to actually try pretty hard to get pregnant. There are couples, there are people who are married who often have to try more than once. Really try. Okay, so this is not something that just happens. It's like like you drink a glass of water. They want you to believe it's like a a woman drinks a glass of water and she gets pregnant. (laughs) It's ridiculous. So there has to be some kind of personal responsibility. There has to be. And then once you you don't take that responsibility and something happens and all you want to do is a quick cleanup. Right. You want a quick out. And then with that quick out, that means you can make that mistake 30 times, 40 times, 50 times. And it gets easier and easier, right? Because you used to have to go to the doctor, the the gynecologist, and they had that horrible procedure where they sucked the thing out. 
Now you can just take a fucking pill, man. Maybe one day there'll be a, a milkshake you can drink. You see? So it gets easier and easier to not take personal responsibility. Right? Well, I agree. And it's also detachment from the fact that, how can I put this? With maturity and time comes the awareness how precious life yes. is. You know? And how precious your health is and 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 what I mean by that is, you know, a lot of folks who are always amazes me, people who are uh, pro-abortion are animal lovers and are the biggest, you know, people. <laughs> of course. Type of, which yeah, well, the left too, is you know? incredibly yeah. hypocritical on so many different issues. It's, it's absolutely yeah. insane. Yeah. You know, and so the, the, as far as the vaccine thing, too, I mean, it just goes to show you what propaganda yeah. can do. Yeah. As Andrew said, How, they're also pro-war at the same time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, Alexei, yeah. Bill, say it. Alexei, do you want to talk? If Alexei, if you have something to say, I'll put you on. Uh, so yeah, let saw, me know. Um, but, but look, yeah. it's, it's really about personal responsibility and how... The left just doesn't want, uh, they don't believe in it. They don't believe in it. And it's always blame someone else and always give them an easy way to get out of a mistake they made. And like I've said, this is not 1950, Bill. You know this too. You don't have to keep the child. There are so many agencies. There are so many um, uh, Catholic agencies out there that will find someone. They'll find parents who want to adopt the child. So your only responsibility is to do the nine month thing, carry the baby out to term. And then you don't have to, if you can't afford to, if you're young, you don't want a child yet. It's, 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 it's so easy. Now there are so many resources to get the child adopted that that's not an excuse anymore. You know, they, they like Mm. to use that excuse to left. Well, these, these people can't afford a child. You're forcing them to afford a child and they can't, no, but that's not the case anymore. They're not. And right. even while, the, as I've said before, even while the, the woman is pregnant, they have agencies that will help you with baby food mm-hmm. and, di- and everything, everything you need. You don't have to pay for anything mm-hmm. because they would rather you not abort the child. So they'll help you. It, there's no excuse anymore. Think, oh, there's no excuse. Right. And the last thing regarding that. Um, just like if, if parents got divorced, there'd be visitation rights. You know, I, in a perfect world, and I'm not saying it could work in every situation because parents can become possessive and the, the mother who adopts a child out may regret it later and, and become, you know, over possessive. But what I'm saying is in an ideal world, wouldn't it be wonderful if a, a young girl got pregnant and she felt she couldn't keep the child and she, you know, went through and, and gave the child up for adoption, that she had some type of communication with the adoptive parents. Because you know what? When that child comes of a certain age, they want to know who their mom yeah. was all but the time. Alexi <laughs> seems to be confused in my use of the word liberal. Well, let's put it this way. Yes, there are many different definitions for this. And as Daniel has said, he'd, he'd rather I say illiberal because he doesn't believe these people are liberals. And he has a point there. But in general, when you're talking about issues like abortion, you're finding conservative Republicans mostly being coming up on the side of being anti-abortion. And you're seeing liberal Democrats 
on the side of pro-choice. I mean, that's just generally true, right? So that, those are the terms we're using for this argument. Well, it, it comes down to life, in my opinion. Like you said, when, when the heart's beating, every girl who's pregnant and considering an abortion should have... There should be an ultrasound done, and she should have an opportunity to see what's happening inside her at that point, and what's really consider. You know that we're so devoid and separated from. Well, how can I put it? Certain religions, and you know me with the Catholic Church, have actually driven people away from God because of the harm they've done around the world and to kids. And to nations, I mean, indigenous people around the world, the, the papal bull of 1452, the doctrine of discovery, the Pope just finally repudiated it within the last three weeks. And that papal bull gave the basically Western European rulers rights to pillage and plunder indigenous lands and take slaves. Even the popes had slaves, um, slaves back then. And so... You know, this, as Joe Rogan said, that the church is full of pedophiles and stolen art. Well, it's a lot more than stolen art. There's a lot of stolen gold and minerals and wealth and lands. And there's a lot of, uh, uh, take the royal family, uh, a lot of that wealth is, is basically stolen wealth, uh, if you're really objective about it, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, as Jeffrey Sachs said, the, the most violent empire before the 1950s was, you know, the uh, British Empire. And, and since then, it's been the United States Empire. And that's true, you know. And so um, these uh, oligarchs, the, the, the ultra-rich, top 0.1%, I say, give your money back. You didn't, you, you, a lot of that stolen money <laughs> off the backs of people and invaded money. What the heck's, what, isn't it a bizarre world where, where these people, they get tax breaks, they pay, they buy the laws. You know, you know what I mean? The ultra rich, they end up, you, you remember Anonymous Inc.? We talked about the 60 minute yes. piece that yes. I forget when it was produced. Money laundering capital of the world, the United States. It certainly is. You know, offshoring money should be yeah. illegal. Yeah. What the heck? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's a whole other subject. And do we have someone who wants to call? Do you have something else you want to talk I'm about? Gonna, I'm, I'm just going to talk a couple of things in general and then do a film review and wrap it up. Bill, oh, I want yeah, you yeah. to have a good weekend. Yeah. Are you doing anything special for Memorial Day weekend? No, because you know, my, I, my, for all parents out there, don't, don't let, let me see, I've come out. Don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys <laughs> or football yeah. players because oh, 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 oh. I can't even get up and down the stairs and outside. I'm stuck. I'm literally in like housebound on the second floor. My hips need to be replaced and my back, you know, five, Rupture pressing on my spinal cord and things degrade. I can't even. Do you have any, I can't safely do you have any physical therapy? Upstairs. No, I I used to actually train athletes. I do isometrics and stuff. It's just a matter of the bone. I'm so late stage, end stage uh, degenerative joint disease. I I have prominent subarticular bone cysts. My 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 physician just. Assistant Stephanie, when she when they did X rays, she looks. She walks in the room like she saw a ghost. She goes. 
you know you're bone on bone in both hips and your hips are a mess. I go, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And she's looking at me like, how did you get in here? I said, whiskey. <laughs> Drinking up whiskey. But that was, that was, that was, let me think, that was a year before, before COVID. So I haven't, it got to the point where I, I couldn't safely get up and down the stairs anymore and get out. And the problem is uh, because of the pituitary tumor and endocrine disorder, they want me to get below a certain body mass index, but they have this chart, mm -hmm. you know, and they've never calipered me. Right. In other words, just because I'm six, one and a half, 400 pounds, doesn't mean I'm 51% you BMI. Know, let me tell you, I that BMI thing pounds. is such a joke. I mean, I'm about five, nine, five, nine and a half. And I'm, I'm usually around 185, 190. And so when you go into these apps and you put that in, they go, oh, that's a, oh, that's a overweight BMI of 28. It should be 21. And I'm thinking, no, 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 no. But my body fat is incredibly low. <laughs> I, I've had points in my life where my body fat's been below 10. So I don't understand. Really? I understand BMI is simply just height and weight. That's it. But how... Right. Exactly. Why in the year 2023 don't they know that body fat matters? I mean, it's, it's, it, I know, I understand it's easy to do BMI. They just need your height and your weight. Right. And to do body fat, you got to go in and get it checked. I get it. It's not as easy to do, caliper, but yeah. it matters. There are, Bill, you know this from the sports world. There are guys out there who are 5'7, 250, and their body fat's five, and their BMI is sky high. So what? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, the, the, I have a lot of muscle on me because, and plus when I get big, I get big everywhere. Not to mention, literally, I have size 16 feet, triple X hands, and my head's a size eight. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of, I got a big noggin and everything, all heavy bone structure. But, you know, so even, but I Bill, even my doctor, my former doctor, and this pissed me off, you know, he's doing the physical, the yearly physical, and he does my height mm -hmm. and weight, and he goes, oh, well, you're your BMI is a little high, lose 10 pounds. And I'm thinking, I don't have to lose 10 pounds. I don't have to lose 10 no. pounds. I, I can see my abs. I mean, there are people half my age. I'm in better shape than people half my age. And it's like, why are you telling me to lose 10 pounds? It doesn't make any sense. And this is like a doctor. It's like, take my body fat. If my body fat's 38. Yeah, <laughs> I got to get going. But come on, man. You know, it's like, and I'm always stunned by that. I'm always stunned by that. Wait a minute. Gotta, Daniel's saying something. He's good at this. I am at the high end of normal, Bill. Yeah, Daniel's in fantastic shape. Trust me. Trust me. I know Daniel. And his he's at the high end of the BMI. It's ridiculous. It doesn't matter. I don't Well, I want to add to that. My blood pressure, my cholesterol, my sugar levels, I take no meds for. And they're excellent. I'm in the lowest risk range of that. Always threw off the doctor Jairocha. At Sloan, the pituitary clinic, I went there where the tumor was. And my pituitary, she's like, we've never seen this before. She goes, I have no explanation for this because, you know. And then same thing at Dr. Nzuke. I goofed around with him when I transferred my care to Yale. And he's looking at my record. He's like, all right, what do you have for sugar? I said, nothing. What do you want for cholesterol? I said, oh, nothing. I told you I'm on no medications. I take some aspirin for my hips. He's going, come on, stop. You know, come on. What do you and he starts looking at the paperwork like a puppy. You know, they move their head back and forth when they can't figure things out. <laughs> you mean to the side? <laughs> to the side, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he literally was totally baffled. <laughs> I'm not on medication for anything, you know, the cholesterol, sugar, <laughs> nothing. And so my blood pressure is excellent, you know, and he's, he's looking, he goes, 
And I said, Doc, let me give you the diagnosis. He says, what's going on here? I said, I'm the healthiest, morbidly obese person you'll ever meet in your life. I eat like a giant bunny. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Literally. Yeah. And I was shocked. I have friends it's of mine. It's shocking to me. And I remember even the doctor said to me, well, you have a more of a, yeah, you're, you have a more of a muscular physique, but lose 10 pounds. I'm like, why? <laughs> that doesn't yeah. make any sense. You know, weight is, is so ridiculous. You know, uh, let me ask you something. How, what, how is it? I know you hook up with Dan, you guys walk, you, you know, you, well, I don't walk like area, him. He right? walks 17 miles a day. Well, I was going to ask, what, how does Daniel Lelane and you do it with abs? I mean, I want to know because usually as we get to our age in our fifties and stuff, oh, normally well, it's harder. Right. Than it's not as easy as it used to be. I mean, when I was in my twenties and thirties, it was much easier. I mean, I basically, yeah. I, I, I work out a little bit less than I did back then. I was kind of crazy obsessive mm -hmm. for a while and I was much more obsessive when I was in my twenties and thirties with my diet, you know, Bill, I was doing that thing where you have like three meals a day of chicken breasts. <laughs> really? How exciting. Were, How exciting were, is that? <laughs> were you bodybuilding yeah, yeah. or something? I was, where, into, where were you? I was into more of the lean, but I wasn't into like the Lou Ferrigno kind of thing. I was into more of like right, the, right. The, 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 having the lean, low body fat. Zane. Yeah. You were into Zane. Yes. Zane? Yeah, he yeah. Was yeah. But it's like after a while, you don't want to eat like that your whole life. So I don't eat quite wow. as clean as I used to. I eat what I want. I don't go crazy. You know, I'm, it's not like I'm eating. We have a place here called Bob's Donuts and Daniel and I go every once in a while. And uh, it's, it's like I eat oh, Bob's cool. Donuts every day, but I'll eat it once a month, you know, but yeah. uh, what's harder now, as, as you know, as you get older, it's much harder to build muscle because you lose the testosterone, you know? Yes. So it's that, mm -hmm. and when you build muscle, it, and in turn, it burn it burns fat, of course. So it gets harder. That process gets harder and harder without medical help, <laughs> medical intervention. <laughs> you know, right? And yeah. my doctor wouldn't wouldn't hey. give me testosterone because my testosterone levels were normal. So of course, my doctor, uh, I guess legally, couldn't give me any testosterone supplements. So. Well, the way I look about that, supplementing with testosterone, you know what? I'm going to die eventually anyway. Even Jack Lane, and I, and, I, and I loved him growing up, you know, seeing him on TV and stuff. When he was 80, remember, he pulled the boat behind his, behind him, his arms tied behind his back, doing like some weird kind of dolphin kick. There were people in the boat or something, some madness. I forget what body of water he pulled it again uh, across. Then he gets to the shore and he does some phenomenal number of push-ups and sit-ups. At eight years old. You well, this, that? I have to also admit, I, I'm not okay. I don't want to. If someone's that age, I find it a little off-putting when someone is that old and yet still into their physique that much. <laughs> it's at one point, it's like I don't mind you being healthy, healthy lifestyle. You know, getting your exercise, getting your steps in, eating right. But I see some of these guys at the gym, you know, they're like, you know, they're getting up there, they're getting up there, and they're still thinking they're 30. That bothers me. I don't want to be like that. I just want to be healthy, well, as healthy as I can be, you know? I, I, that's where I was going with it. What I was going to say was 16 years after he pulled that, that phenomenal uh, exhibit, you know, exhibition of, of, of it was just his lifestyle. He was always into juicing and, you know, the Jacqueline. <laughs> promoting all that but 
16 years later, guess what? He died too. We all die someday. And I've, I've, I've been, you know, a gym rat when I was training for football, of course, and all that. And I like exercising and working. Um, unfortunately, because of uh, the football, the arthritis everywhere, the, and not only the hips, the ankles, and knees. I mean, it, it, it's brutal sport. Um, and uh, I, I really mean that I would never suggest a child play that sport ever. It's a, it's a tough totally football is a tough sport. You know, there's been a lot of controversy over that recently, where athlete football players will be they'll talk to them about this about parents not letting their kids play football and a lot of athletes get upset with that you know they because they want they don't want the game to die they want there to be players in the future but if i were a parent i would not want my kid to play football i'd say play baseball even play hockey basketball don't play Mm -hmm. football that's how i see it and no mma and uh, boxing either it, that that i listen it all i can say is uh, play piano whatever my grandma used to tell me that you'll have all the pretty women you'll be just yeah, like liberace play piano. You'll have all i love it women. oh my and god I, and I'd say, Grandma, Grandma, did you see Liberace? If I, I, if I was like Liberace, I'd have all the pretty men. No, I don't want to play piano. You know that, that's I mean? too funny. So. Play piano. <laughs> I think they can. I think they can play more than piano. But football's a tough one. That's a tough one. It's easy. The contact sports. No. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's just not worth it. You know. You know. But, but Bill, let me let you go. I'm gonna yeah, have a good yeah, weekend. Great, I appreciate Mike. it. Thanks. Yeah, so it's true. It's like there's so many things that are more important than just BMI. These doctors are really like stuck into their like ideology of the past, you know, where it's like BMI, BMI, BMI. And it's probably because they're too lazy to do the, the body fat testing, you know. So they just stick with that that mantra. It's like it's like Fauci. You're stuck in this old school world of thinking. You don't want to take in anyone else's, you know, nothing – Nothing new, no other opinions. That's it. Just whatever you believe is the way. Is That's it, right? Fauci science. I am science. It's that kind of mentality that really has to end in the medical world overall, right? That they know everything. They're certain of, of everything. When, you know, maybe most patients, maybe, maybe most patients don't know enough. They just follow what they do, right? Because we saw so many people in this world just follow whatever Dr. Fauci said because he's the expert. He knows better than you, right? So a lot of people just follow everything their doctors say. I don't. I question everything. And if they're going to give me a medicine and I read about it, I don't like what the possible side effects are, I don't take it. So you have to be able to, like, have your own research and your own ideas and not just just believe whatever you're the person with that degree on the wall because we know how much those mean these days boy after covid they seem to mean less and less all right i was going to talk about uh, the old navy store closing here more and more stores are closing here i was going to talk about in san francisco I was going to talk about the Dodgers and that ridiculous thing with the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence and their wokeness. We'll leave it for Monday because I think we got into lighter discussion with Bill about body weight and sports and working out. So I think we'll 
we'll use that and transition to our film review. Because my film review, I only have one this weekend, is about a sports figure. Can you guess what the movie is? It's about a sports, a notable. But before that, my friend is sitting here, John Williams, who I gave off last week. You appreciate that, John? I gave you a full week off. Well, he's here now, and he's going he's gonna to play me in. John, are we ready? The guy's ready? The Boston Pops ready? Go ahead. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate that big play in. Okay. I won't leave you hanging any any longer. I I saw I haven't seen many documentaries lately, but I just saw one and it's really one of the better documentaries I've ever seen. Look, I'm a little bit biased because I'm a Yankee fan. So I'm a slightly biased, but not too biased to realize what a good documentary is and this one's called It Ain't Over and it's about Yogi Berra. And uh, the interesting thing about Yogi Berra's life, and I think the film makes a great point of this, it interviews his, his granddaughter and his sons and interviews the people who played with him, guys who played with him, players like Derek Jeter who came after him, people like Bob Costas, uh, Billy Crystal, who was a friend of his. So it has a lot of great interviews with people who knew him. But the thing about Yogi Berra is that what people don't realize is he's one of the best baseball players ever. Ever. He won 10 championships, 10 world championships. Understand that. He struck out on average. Daniel won't understand this, but he struck out on average, Bill, you will, 24 times, 24 times per season. One season, he struck out 12 times. That's in contrast to the best players these days who strike out 150, maybe 200 times a season. He didn't strike out in his career with some guys in one year they strike out now. So Yogi Berra was also this great defensive player. He was a great defensive catcher. He, he caught, you know, uh, Don Lawson's perfect game in the World Series. So there's so much that Yogi Berra did as a player that makes him right up there with the top. But what got in his way of being recognized as one of the greatest players ever was his personality. His personality basically overshadowed his numbers, his, his baseball career, because he came this, you know, icon of saying those yogiisms. It ain't over till it's over. If you see a fork in the road, take it, so on and so forth. He became this huge personality, and he was easy to laugh at because of his yogiisms and because he was, what, five foot seven and, you know, looked like a dwarf and people thought he was cute. So it was that personality that really overshadowed who he was. He also was in the military. A lot of people don't know that. He took that. He was in the military. He was in the, So there's so much. Uh, a D, he was in D-Day. That's right. Not just a military. He was in D-Day. He was in those boats in D-Day. So it was so much about Yogi Berra's life that I didn't know. But to appreciate him as a player is something that this film accomplishes and i think that's the greatest thing about this yes it's very there's a lot of sentimental stuff and it's kind of sad in a way it talks about his his son dale who was a great a great baseball player for a while until his cocaine habit kicked in 
and then that pretty much you know curtailed his career uh, and they talk about the intervention that Yogi held for him to get him off cocaine and so much other stuff um, but Yogi was a very lovable person and a great uh, personality and that comes out in the film so the film really accomplishes that if you don't know much about Yogi Berra you'll love him after you see this documentary but what it also accomplishes is it makes it clear what a great ball player he was he's right up there with Joe DiMaggio and 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 Babe Ruth and the best of the best ball players and an incredible mind the man knew all the pitchers inside out he knew all the players inside out he knew all of the opposing hitters inside out what kind of pitches they hit what kind of pitches they couldn't hit the man was really a a genius as one of the people in the film brings up he was also he was a smart man and a baseball genius and just a great guy and i think you'll have even a greater appreciation for him as a person and player if you see the film and if you don't know much about yogi berra like like people like daniel probably don't know yeah he was 57 so basically he comes into the he comes into the major leagues at 57 and everyone including the managers like who what is this who is this guy this guy's not going to be able to play is he a mascot and he became one of the greatest ball players of all time I love the movie. I loved it. I love the interviews with people like Derek Jeter and Bob Costas and and the people he played with, you know, uh, and the players that came after him, like Don Mattingly, who met him when they were players and really appreciated who he was. And there's one great line. We talk about how the sports change, and now you have to go through. Well, there are a lot of great lines, but Derek Jeter brings this up <laughs> because uh, basically, in Yogi Berra's day, you had to win your league, right? So if you were the best team in the American League or the best team in the National League, you ended up meeting in the World Series. It's not like now where you have all these rounds of playoffs and you have to win 12, 13 games to win the World Series. So Derek Jeter one day says to Yogi, he says, hey, look, Yogi, you had 10 rings. But nowadays, that's more like, you know, with the playoff format, it's more like five rings. And Yogi says, well, you, you can come over to my house and count them anytime you want. And Derek said, and that's when the, the discussion ended. So it's stuff like that that people love about Yogi Berra, but also what a great player he really was. One of the greatest of all time. So I highly recommend the Yogi Berra documentary directed by Sean Mullen called It Ain't Over. But you know what is over? This film review segment. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, John Williams, for playing me out. All right. So it was a really, it was a, it was a good week with the DeSantis announcement, but it was like so busy, right? There was so much going on and it's only the beginning. So I hope that uh, next week is as exciting as this week and I'm sure it will be. But everyone have a great Memorial Day weekend. I will be here on Monday night, on Memorial Day night. So I'm not taking... Memorial Day off, really, but I'll be here at night. I want to remind everyone, the name of this show is in Let's Be Heard, and it airs Monday through Friday, weeknights, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern, which means I'll see you back here on the other side of the weekend, Monday night, 11 p.m. Pacific. See you then. But until then, reminding you, this is Mike Kachopoli, reminding you that you're 
Influence counts. Use it.